Welcome to another episode of The Atypical Rainbow. I'm Paul. And I'm Grant. Uh, and this is another episode in the series, The Rainbow Dissection, where we're going to talk about the concept of anti-straight discrimination. Now, let's put a bit of context into this. Back in late July, hockey commentator Jeremy Roenick filed a lawsuit against NBC Sports, accusing his former employer of discriminating against him for being straight. What Came, what it started with was he was on a podcast because he made sexual suggestive marks about um, a female and male colleague um, th- that was quite sexually explicit, talking about, um, I think, something along the lines of they, you know, uh, wanting to be in a three-way with them or commenting on her figure. And so he was fired as a result of that. There are claims that there are other contributing factors, like his support of Donald Trump, but we're not necessarily here to talk about that. He also, so the reason why the term anti-straight discrimination is coming up is because he claims that there are double standards, referring to the 2018 Winter Olympics when Johnny Weir and Tara Lipinski were commentating on, um, on figure skating, making comments about some of the female participants using words like camel toe and quads, uh, and stating that they, uh, that they weren't fired for similar comments of a similar nature to what he was saying. He claims that his supervisor at the time said that the reason why they weren't being fired is because Johnny Weir is gay and can say whatever. So there have been a number of things that the articles that come from it, but one of my favorite ones comes from outsports.com. And the line goes... Imagine if, in response, he me- meditated upon the hurt he had caused his co-workers, realised he'd embarrassed himself purely through his own bullish behaviour, and sincerely apologised, dot, dot, dot. I'm sorry, I couldn't even make it to the end of that sentence without Clippy popping up and telling me, it looks like you forgot it's 2020. Do you need help? Uh, and that's a, there is something about this issue which is kind of funny, in that I know with me, my immediate reaction is, that's not a thing, shut up, go away. But... Actually, if you look at it from an autistic perspective more than anything else, it's the difference between equality and fairness. So, from an equality point of view, he's not necessarily wrong, which is a hard stance to take, and I certainly don't support his, um, his lawsuit. But, if you think about it from an equality point of view... Him making lewd comments about someone else's body. I mean, sexualizing and propositioning is a very different thing. But making comments about someone else's body is, in, in from an equality point of view, the same as a gay man making the exact same comments. But it is about who delivers it and what the intent of it is. But from a fairness point of view, he doesn't really necessarily have a stance. Because part of the problem is that he's sexualizing someone like that where the, the, I think for me the concern is it's a power dynamic issue that he's commentating on a woman and, and to some degree and, uh, and a male fellow podcast um, broadcaster where there is kind of a threat to it and I think that's where the issue lies and why my my media reaction is this is not a thing what are you talking about yeah see I think that he might have a point but he's using the wrong terminology in what way so I think that he does have a point that it is a double standard, but I think it's not anti-straight discrimination. I think what he's identified is possibly gay privilege. Okay, that's that's an interesting way of putting it. Go on. So I don't, yeah, I don't think that he, what he did was fine, mm. but I think he does have a point that it might also not have been fine what 
the other person did. Mm. So I think, like, when we talk about discrimination, one of the things I do sometimes talk about with people who don't really get marriage equality, for instance, is that the difference between discrimination and privilege. Like, and it can be very hard to see privilege when you have privilege. Mm. So I think, like... Especially for religious groups, sometimes they think that removing privilege to control other people is discrimination. Where it's not, it's a removal of privilege. Um, What's an example of that? So, if you are a you know a person of a religion and you believe that you have the right to not support gay marriage, or that gay people shouldn't get married because it doesn't match your religion, you want your religion to be put above the gay people. That's privilege. Mm. It's not... So bringing the religion down to the level where you're allowed to have your views and you're free to marry in your church, and they're allowed to have their views and they're allowed to get married outside your church, that's equal. Mm. It's So that's not discriminating against, you know, religious people to bring them down to the level where they don't get control over what other people choose to do Outside of their churches. Yeah. Um, So an example I actually do give to people because it's an example where I was the insider and they were the outsider is that I remember when I was teaching at one of my schools, I became aware that there was a pair of, I believe, year 11 boys who were making out outside the library. Mm -hmm. The school had a rule that you weren't allowed to make out outside the library. If it had been a boy and a girl making out outside the library, they would have been told to stop. But the teachers were afraid to tell the two guys to stop. Because mm-hmm. they were worried that that would be seen as discrimination against gay people. But I made the point that, no, it's not discrimination against gay people to expect them to follow the rules. They don't get any special, you know, points for being a gay couple, which allows them to do things that a straight couple is not allowed to do. So I think that in this case, he is right that the gay man probably shouldn't have been making these comments about uh, this woman, but that doesn't mean he's allowed to make those comments about the woman. Yeah. So I, I think that it should have been consistently dealt with, but they both should have been fired. <laughs> mm. Not that his privilege should have been brought up to a point where it was equal. Yeah, I think this is a case where he kind of has a point about people feeling like that this gay person can... Like, if if the supervisor really said, he can say whatever he wants. It's kind of like this idea of privilege given to this gay person to say whatever he wants. And sometimes I do hear it expressed as almost reparations. Mm -hmm. Like that... A gay person has the right to bully because they were bullied. Which is not true. Like, the example that I... Like, the parallel that I often draw is the idea that a senior doctor, a single senior lawyer, is allowed to bully the intern or the articles clerk. Because they were bullied. Mm. So it's okay. This is just what we do. When we're senior, we bully the junior. What's the junior complaining about? Yeah. <laughs> so I feel like taking on this idea that 
we were bullied as gay people, so now we're allowed to bully people, is not healthy, and we shouldn't be doing it. And, like, I feel really bad for that woman who was, I don't know, competing in a sport, and people were talking about camel toes. Mm. I don't care who was doing it. I think that's sad. I think that woman was being bullied, and there probably should have been some sort of repercussions for the person doing it, whatever their gender or sexuality is. Mm. Would it make any difference if Johnny Weir and Tara Lipinski were objectifying a man, but in like a positive kind of wolf whistly kind of way? Not really, because I think that sexual harassment is just sexual harassment. Like, I don't think men enjoy being sexually harassed any more than women enjoy being sexually harassed. Like, some people do enjoy attention from people they want it from. But I think that's the problem with sexual harassment. Like, it's not flirting. It is harassment. And I'm not sure you should really be, uh, like, making those sorts of comments about someone for someone else's entertainment. I mean, that that removes a lot of options. I mean, in a, in, lately, in Australia, we've had um, the Brett Sutton... Um, phenomenon. Have you, are you aware of that? Yeah, that's true. So that's a, again. I guess it, what you're what you're setting the boundaries for is not necessarily commentary, but the the boundary of professionalism. So if your job is to be a sports commentator, you're the impression I'm getting is that you're then setting the line saying, well, if your job is to commentate on the sports, commentate on the sports. But if it was just a member of the public, if they objectify Brett Sutton and say, wow, Brett Sutton is so hot, is that a bad thing? Okay, so, but I think you gotta, if you're comparing like for like, you can't really compare, like, if we're talking about the situation of, is it okay for someone to lose their job? Like, if you buy a Brett Sutton towel and you lose your job at Woolworths, that'd be a bit weird. Like, we're talking about a guy who was, who lost his job because he sexually harassed someone while doing his job. Mm. So I'm saying that if it had been a gay guy or a straight woman sexually harassing a man while doing their job and they lost their job, then that would be fairness with what happened to this guy. Yeah. If you lose your job for buying a Brett Sutton duvet when it has nothing to do with your job, yeah. that is a bit more cancel cultures, like the people who lose their jobs for tweeting things which mm. is a lot weirder gray area okay so again it, it i guess it comes back to well what do you because you're defining harassment as making comment on someone's appearance irrespective of gender mm-hmm. when it's not invited but again it, it, but then what like that's what i'm saying though it feels like it's a contextual issue so it's real well, the, the consequence of that action rather than the action itself Yes, but comments made about someone's appearance during the process of working is always going to be different than at a club. Like, you do have women having the problem of being sexually harassed when they walk down the street. Yes. But I also think that gay guys probably shouldn't be sexually harassing men as they walk down the street. Yes. I don't think it's a problem. Like, I'm unaware of it happening, but Which it was happening. But the reason for it not happening is different, though. The reason for it not happening most likely is fear of reprisal, frankly. If, if, I mean, that, that, would, that would be my perspective. Fear of violence. Fear of violence. But yeah. women don't also do it. Like, I don't think 
like yeah, there's also the gay there's all like gay panic, like you're not gonna you know, probably woof whistle the tr- the construction worker as he walks down the street. Yeah. If you're a guy, but as a woman, you also don't seem to do it, even though there doesn't seem to be that fear that he'd punch a woman for doing it. Yes, but again, the the question is: Is it a? Is it because it's maybe not being women's nature? That's and that's a generalization, obviously. Or is it that um, you know the concern? They well, not necessarily they fear threat, but they don't want to invite something that they don't want to invite. You? I don't know, but. I don't know. Like, if you're sexually harassing someone who you don't want to actually appreciate it, then that's a bit weird. Like, if the if the fear is he'll actually like it and come over and ask me on a date, that's a weird fear to have. Yeah. Um, Sorry about the background noise, everyone. Our kids screaming and running behind us. How can I summarise this? So, okay, yeah, any, any workplace. So, um, female boss touching her, you know, male underlings bum as he goes past. Mm. Not appropriate. Yes. Male boss touching his male secretary's bum as he goes past. Also not appropriate. Yeah. Uh so I think these this example that this, of this guy losing his job and the example that he compared it to were both people who were working at the time. So I think it is a bit different to saying, you know, I, I think Brett Sutton's cute or something. I think it's it's hard because obviously one of the um, classic stereotypes of, of gay people is, you know, the catty, the catty gay man, mm. you know. And in some respects, I mean, I, I know that, so, you know, sometimes that kind of, uh, I guess you call it biting humour, can be kind of funny. Like, I know I've definitely laughed at it, but I, 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 it depends on what lens you look at it through, I guess. See, I, I still feel like, to some degree, talking about a woman's body, I agree, is not acceptable. It's like, it's, it's certainly in this sense, you know, negatively commenting on a woman's body is is not okay. It doesn't, like, if another woman was doing it, it still wouldn't necessarily be okay. Mm-hmm. Right? But I think if you're looking at it from, uh, you know, a, a heterosexual man versus a homosexual man or gay man, you know, I think the power dynamic kind of matters. I think the fact that a, a heterosexual man doing it is, is is a threat, you know? Whereas a gay man doing it, while not necessarily acceptable, is kind of just commentary. It- well, I guess it depends on what they're saying. Because, okay, so say a gay man makes a catty comment. If he was a woman, would he not just be a mean girl? Yeah. Like, yeah. And, and do, do we tolerate... Teenage girls mocking each other's camel toes. Yeah, I mean, look. Obviously, on an ethical level, I think the answer is no. But I can't deny the fact that I've laughed. Okay, on like TV shows that represent that, where yeah. they have the the but funny. I think that like there's been an ad campaign about the fact that you shouldn't laugh at your friend, like your male friend's sexist comments. You should call them out on it. So just because we have people have laughed about it doesn't mean that we should continue. Like I do remember there was an episode of Happy Endings, which was a nice sitcom that we used to enjoy, where like one of the characters befriended like this bitchy gay man because she felt like her actual gay friend was too straight acting. Yeah. And this gay guy just followed her around bullying her all day. Yeah. <laughs> um and you know, we laughed at it. 
But I think the point of it was that who actually wants that? Yeah. Like, you shouldn't... Just because someone's a gay man, you shouldn't invite them in your life to bully you and follow you around bullying you. Mm. Like, a bully is a bully. Yeah. It's hard, I guess, because I think looking at it through <clears throat> the lens of a, of media, I mean, I, I want to... I'm trying to think about it from a real-life situation, but I can't help but reference back to TV, because TV is kind of my life at the moment. Um... I think it really, it often depends on the subject. So this is, this is a completely different thing, right? Uh, nothing to do with, with gay or straight or whatever, but Gossip Girl. So Gossip Girl back in the day, the main characters were basically the mean girls. Like they were the, the rich and, and tiled and elite. They had their enemies and whatnot, but Blair Waldorf was the bitchiest of bitches. Like she mm-hmm. was the queen bee. But Whenever her, what were called takedowns, whenever her takedowns were directed at someone who was genuinely a bad person, it was really satisfying, right? And it, yeah. And it could have been any comment, whether it was actually, you know, taking something out of their life or whether it was just a, a catty comment about their physicality or whatever. It was quite... Uh, empowering is not the word I'm looking for, but it's, it's that kind of like, yes, you know, to bring her down. But if it were directed at someone who was vulnerable or someone mm. who, who didn't deserve it, obviously in that situation, that's inappropriate. So it's kind of like using your powers for good versus using your powers for bad. The yeah. power itself isn't necessarily good or bad by its existence. It's merely who you direct it at, you know? Yes. And I guess context, context does matter. Like, recently, in some movies and uh, shows, you have either, like, wanted people to shoot other people or cheered when someone attacks someone. If it's the right context. Yeah. Like, if the person is, you know, about to kill their brother, Mm. you're like, cool, shoot them. Yeah. Or hit them in the head with a hammer. (laughs) Yes. Or if the person who is being attacked from behind was just bullying someone else... Mm. then you're like, yeah, get them. Yeah. Just jump on them and punch them. <laughs> so context does matter, but I feel like if you're talking power, commentators commenting on a sport, the commentator probably always has the power. Mm. Like, it is kind of punching down to mock a, like, a sports person as a commentator. Especially if the sports person can't even hear you. They, they have like... No right of reply. Mm. And yeah, they probably don't deserve to be spoken that way, no matter who you are. And like from, you know, being a year nine coordinator, I know what girl bullying, girl on girl bullying is like. It is terrible. Mm. Like I would much prefer um, boy on boy bullying because it's so much easier to sort out. And also you kind of notice that's happening because they actually have physical wounds. Mm. Whereas that catty, psychological, emotional trauma can lead to death. Mm. And you don't know it's happening. So I feel like we shouldn't excuse catty bullying behaviour, no matter who you are. Yeah. Uh, I, like, uh, again, I, 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 I agree with you. And certainly in, in a real-world sense, having worked in mental health, words can be quite harmful to people. Because uh, you don't quite know how anyone, male or female, is going to internalise those emotions, the, those words, and how how um, it's going to target certain insecurities or traumas, you know? I, I, I don't dispute that. I think, as a society, what's happened is that because of 
I don't know, globalization, social media, whatever, there is this greater emotional distance. And so a catty comment from a commentator to about a sports person, it's hard. It's not hard. You don't immediately think about the person. And I think that's why when I heard this, and that's that's why this the Outsports article, I read it and I thought, yeah, I get this as an as an immediate reaction. I get why you think, well, that's you know, it, it shouldn't like the anti-straight thing is discrimination is crap, basically. But if you do break it down onto the individual human level, yeah, I mean, does that mean that we should be <sighs> How, I mean, how do you change commentating of any sort? I mean, putting aside sports commentating, the whole point of Twitter is for people to comment on stuff. Does that necessarily mean that we're not allowed to have a negative opinion if it could potentially hurt the person? Personally? But these are sports commentators, aren't they? They are sports commentators. Yeah, yeah. not yeah. not just someone on Twitter. But it's like it's professional twittering, basically. It's for, it's pro, like Twitter is is uh, audience commentating. But it all it depends on what you're tuning in for. People are tuning in to like hear like the game, like on the radio. Say they want to keep track of what's happening in the game. They're not tuning in to hear about people's camel toes. Yes, but okay. So he, this this is a, a slightly tangential topic, but I will try my best to wind it back to the original point. Um, I remember when I was on my other podcast, which I don't do anymore. I was interviewing a uh, like a, a Twitch gamer. So mm-hmm. he he recorded his his gameplay and he would make commentary. One of the things he said was that not everyone can be a YouTuber or a gamer because it doesn't matter whether you're good at the game. What matters is you as a person, because people aren't really identifying you with you because of the game itself. That's part of it. It's an entry point. But really, they're watching you because they like your personality. They like the things you say. They like the things you do. And I think that, that like, so personality makes a difference. And so with commentating, of as a sports commentating, I think that matters as well. People, sports... Uh, Sports commentary is no longer just about being able to comment on the technicalities of it. Because being able to point out why something is done well is fine. But what provides the entertainment is in fact... What contributes to the entertainment is the personality of the commentator. So that's why, you know, not every commentator is just someone who can specify exactly what is happening. You know, what move is being done and and how someone's doing this thing or what statistics are. That's not the part that attracts attention. It's the ones... It's the people who have personality, you know. And obviously it depends on... Some people will... um, some people will look at things differently and have different different uh, perspectives on it. And not everyone necessarily likes that, but I think that ultimately, I, this is there's a feeling I have about media and entertainment in general nowadays, which is that it no longer is about the subject material. It's about the the personality. It's about the person doing it. And I think that's where this kind of comes from. Is that I, the thing is that um, Tara Lipinski and Johnny Weir, the the people who made these these comment, lewd comments about the figure skaters, their commentary was actually really well received. Like, not, not from a, looking at it from a, um, you know, a offensiveness standpoint, but a lot of people found them very entertaining. And does that excuse it? No, not necessarily. But at the same time, it, we can't deny the fact that sometimes having people with very, um, you know, bright, specific, unique personalities has an impact on how you absorb information and how you interpret something. Yeah, but I, I feel like 
you can't really use entertainment as a shield. So the thing that comes to mind is Alan Jones. Mm. Huge amount of people listen to Alan Jones suggest that, you know, Scott Morrison basically physically attack the New Zealand Prime Minister, who was a woman. Mm. Heaps of people listen to his sexist comments about Julie Gillard. But that doesn't excuse it. Yeah. Like, he, those are things that you shouldn't be saying. And also, if you're only saying violent things about female leaders, then you've got to look at, you know, what's going on in your mind. If you're not suggesting Scott Morrison shove a sock in Vladimir Putin's mouth, but you're suggesting he shoves a sock in Jacinda Ardern's mouth, then that has meaning, even if Alan Jones can't recognise himself. But the thing is, he was popular. But does it? would it change anything if any one of the elements of that Jacinda Ardern, Scott Morrison, Alan Jones story, would it change anything if any of them were gay? If Alan Jones was gay and was suggesting that Scott Morrison shove a sock down Jacinda Ardern's throat, yeah, I would also be offended. Would you be more or less offended? I think the same. Mm. Like, well, the thing is, like, so there is a podcast I listen to in which there is a a gay guy and a straight guy, and they have a podcast, and the gay guy bullies the straight guy all the time. And I would prefer to spend time with the straight guy than the gay guy. Because... And he, and he makes the excuse that he was bullied and that's why he feels like he can bully... Like he, he feels like he has the right to bully a straight person because he has been discriminated against more in his life. Like some sort of reparations. So why do you keep listening to it then? I like the straight guy. Mm. And then they, they, they talk about some topics that are, you know, of interest to me. But I prefer the straight guy of the two of them. Mm. Like, I tolerate the gay guy, but sometimes I just have to stop listening to it because of him. Mm. So, yeah, I, I don't tolerate bullying from gay people any more than I tolerate it from straight people. And when I say education, there is, like, the group of mean girls, and it does include a gay guy. Mm. And I don't think I'd be any more tolerant of his bullying behaviour. Like, I think he does less bullying than the, the mean girls in his group. Not by much, though. He's definitely an enabler, like, but the the other two are worse. Mm. Like, of the four of them, one of them is actually not a mean girl. Yeah. She just hangs around with them, and she eventually stopped. Yeah. Um, And you said, thank God. Yeah. (laughs) Then there's, like, the gay guy, and then there's two girls, and one of them is just horrible all the time. Mm. And the other one definitely crossed the line into bullying in one episode. Like, that like, really bad, like, almost criminal bullying behaviour. Yeah. So, because the two of them are so terrible, he is the best of the three. Yeah, which is a low bar. Um, And, you know, and he's also the one who called out the homophobia, which I mentioned in our previous episode. He actually said, stop being homophobic, not out of friendship, just out of, you know, saying that that's not appropriate behaviour. So, yeah, he doesn't bully as much. He's more like an enabler, I'd say. Yeah. Um, though I think he did, he did videotape that weird video of the banana. So, yeah. So he's a bully too. Mm. Um, and I don't think he has any more right to be a bully than the girls do. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And the thing, the thing I want to say is that if, basically, if we give privilege to gay people, then we create this resentment that leads to 
claims of anti-straight discrimination. Hmm. Which, like, basically, if you give privilege to one group, then the group that you call out for the bad behaviour, if you're not calling out the other group, feels like they're being discriminated against because they see that it's not fair, and then they go, oh, I'm being discriminated against as a straight person. You know, the straights are, you know, being attacked. This is because we allowed gay marriage. Now they feel like they can attack us. Whereas we're not attacking them, we're calling them out for bad behaviour. But we can only call them out for bad behaviour if we're not hypocrites. Yeah. For some reason, this started making me think about... um, uh, What do they call it? You know, like the the men, the anti-feminists... Um, yeah, men's rights. Men's rights advocates. Yeah, it, but I, I can't. Is that is, is is this a similar sort of issue? It could be a similar sort of like there's a there's a perception among certain people that the fact that family courts always assume the mother will be the primary carer, um, and that there seems to be some evidence that the I guess if you think about like. Um, beyond reasonable doubt that the burden of proof is that the guy needs to prove that the mum is dangerous or needs to prove that the mum is bad or the mum is abusing the kids because the default is that they be sent to the mum mm. so that there's a different level there's a, so there's a perception that there is a different level of requirement for a man to basically be accepted as loving his kids and being as capable of looking at his kids as the mum. And it probably, I think, to some degree, is. But then the opposite, like, just flipping it, which is what a lot of these people feel like, which is you should default to the kids being with the dad, is also not the right approach. Yeah. And then you got such a backlog that it's, it's kind of crazy because if you actually go through it thoroughly, then your backlog becomes even worse. Um, and when I was working in a law firm, like there was a case, a family law case that I was filing documents for where the proceedings that started when the child was like a baby and the child was like now five, like for four years, they've been in limbo. Mm. So it's not a fast system anyway. So it's, it's a messy system, but that perception that the women are given priority has caused this backlash. And I think, and there's a lot of stuff about, you know, white, straight men losing their privilege, making them feel like they're being discriminated against. And I don't think we should help that narrative along by actually having double standards. Mm. I think it does create white supremacists who are saying, you know, don't replace, like, I will not be replaced, or, you know, men's rights people saying, you know, we're being too mean to these men when there's actual evidence that they've, you know, murdered their children. Mm. Like, if you're coming out to defend a guy who's murdered his children, you're probably not on the right side of the story. <laughs> Even if there is some big issue that you want to address, that's not the right time to, like, be doing that. Mm. Um, but yeah, so I think that if we don't want to be part of the problem, we can't give privilege, like... Unnecessary, unnecessary privilege to minorities. Mm. I think that's probably a good place to end it. 
Uh, so very controversial. <laughs> it is very controversial. But hey, again, we, we want to explore these things and we'd love to hear your opinion. So seek us out at the Atypical Rainbow on Facebook and Instagram if you have any comments. We'd love to hear your thoughts. And, you know, it's about mutual education and mutual respect. So please don't post anything that's just vicious and unnecessary. That's kind of the point of this whole podcast. We, you know, we're open to learning. We have, but, and these are opinions. These aren't facts. This is not us claiming to be experts, but just from our own experiences, how we feel and what we, what we believe. So, um, you know, start a conversation with us. A conversation's cool. Criticism and yelling, probably not as useful, uh, but conversation's great. Um, so thanks for listening uh, and we'll talk to you next time.